0: I haven't had a paycheck a guaranteed paycheck in 20 some years, right? But yet I've paid all my bills for a long time and No, and you're doing and, well. And, and, and you know, yeah, doing great, you know. I have six lawyers work for me, a bunch of staff. We own our building and sometimes I can't believe I pulled it off.
1: Welcome to Tip the Skills where we discuss running and growing your law firm. I'm your host, Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRank. As you guys can probably tell, I am testing out a shorter intro, and any feedback would be really appreciated because I'm really struggling with it. I don't like how scripted the initial intro was sounding, so I'm trying to play with it a little bit. Let's get to it. This week, I had Mauro Fiore on from the law offices of, you guessed it, Mauro Fiore. And it was honestly such a fun conversation. I wish the whole, you know, we probably spoke for like an hour and a half. I wish the whole thing would have made it, but we had to cut some things out. We definitely laughed so much. Mauro is one of those people that has like the craziest stories and is just like so easy to talk to and he's very funny. We talked about his unusual path to becoming a lawyer and how he grew a successful firm out of humble beginnings. We talked about the importance of having a strong network of friends within the legal community. We talked about the power of hard work and what it takes to forge a successful career in the legal world. I honestly had, I know I probably always say this, but this particular conversation, I had so much fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so tell me, I, don't, I actually don't know anything about your background. I know you're like BFFs with all the big-time lawyers in LA, but besides that, that's, that's all I know.
0: Well, I'm born and raised in LA, and um, you know, my, people always think my name's Junior, Mauro Fury Junior is my real name. They know that, oh, my dad must have been a lawyer or something. I don't know why they always think that since I'm a junior, but my dad was not a lawyer. He was, my dad was a uh, business guy. More of a like a street hustler type. Really? Yeah, he owned like limo services and car washes and and uh, restaurants. And my dad was a very my dad knew how to make money. He wasn't super educated, but he knew how to make money.
1: So you learned that whole business side from him.
0: I got it from my dad for sure. And my mom was a they had five kids, so my mom was just a tired mom. I bet. Yeah. Five, That's harder five, than what five. you do. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, no, I'm the first lawyer, first college graduate and stuff like that in my family, even though I really didn't really, I mean, I, I graduated from law school, but I didn't go to undergraduate school.
1: What do you mean? Wait, you can do that? Can I do that? How in, do you do in that? In
0: California, you can do that. California, there's, there's like 20 different ways to be a lawyer in California that no other state will allow. Like you're that. kidding!
1: You're messing no. with me right now. No, because I never finished college.
0: Yeah, that makes two of us. So, in California, yeah, you're a lawyer. Yeah, in California, you can go to law school. You can study under a lawyer, like Kim, oh, yeah, Kim I Kardashian heard this. is yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. now, where she studies with some lawyer in his office. She has to. So the state bar says, well, if you study in a lawyer's office or with a judge for four years, you can take the bar exam, and if you pass, you pass. You know. Whereas, so I went to a, what they call as an unaccredited law school in California, uh-huh. which basically will take anybody. If you're, like, alive and kicking and can pay the fee, you can start this law was,
1: This makes so much sense now, how you became a lawyer. Yes, yeah, so <laughs>
0: um, I went to an unaccredited law school that would take anybody, but, like, I'll give you an example. My class started with, like, two or 300 people, and by the time, like, my gra- my class graduated, there was, like, 40 people. Out of the 40 that graduated, like, Eight of us passed the bar. So basically,
1: the was very it, few people
0: it, actually make it. Do they have
1: an online course?
0: <laughs> There's actually an online law school in L.A. called Abraham Lincoln University. But do I need
1: a college degree?
0: No. You can start tomorrow. This is
1: crazy. This is, and, I've always wanted to be a lawyer.
0: And I hired a girl who went to Abraham Lincoln, and she, when she interviewed with me, she said, I'm having trouble finding a job as I went to the internet law school. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's the only reason I want to hire you. If you went to law school on the internet, fuck, I think I can trust you, right? You know, you're not lazy, at least, right? right. If you went to internet law school. I, so mean, I, I hired depends. her, and she was a great lawyer. Was she? Yeah, she, she only worked for me for a little while, but she was a good lawyer. But obviously, she was self-starter, self-motivated, went to law school on the internet. But the drawback is most, almost all states will not let me... Even take their bar exam, let right. let alone practice in those states. But
1: which is crazy because you you've been practicing here for yeah. how how long now?
0: Twenty five years.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: But um, after a certain number of years, a lot of states will let you in, like Washington State. I have an office in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I knew that. And, yeah.
0: Uh, so Washington State let lets you in after you've been practicing. I think it's five years. A bunch of them in the East Coast, North Carolina, Tennessee will let you in, Iowa will let you in. So now if I wanted to go to Iowa, move to Iowa, I guess I could get a license there now since I've been practicing so long. But I don't see myself leaving LA. I mean, this is where I'm from.
1: But what made you decide to go to law school?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, I was was going to a junior college, Mm -hmm. and um, I was just basically wasting time, not doing anything with my life. But I knew I was... I am smarter than the average person. You know, I figured I could do something with my life. And I always was fascinated. Like, when I was a kid, I grew up watching Matlock, and it was awesome. Matlock was like this country lawyer, but he, at the end of every show, he would outsmart everybody. I so need to I, go
1: watch this. I'm going to watch Matlock
0: it. was great. Okay. It was so I watched this show, like, every week when I was a kid, and I loved this show so much. So I always thought, man, I, I think I could be a lawyer. This Matlock guy so so smart. So then I started researching it the old-fashioned way. I went to Barnes & Noble and looked in like, the books that said, you know, how, how you could be a lawyer. And I found this book on California non-traditional law schools, and I read it. And I was like, well, man, I think I could start law school right away. And I was 20 years old. That's why I graduated when I was 23. That's why I've been a lawyer for so long. So I started law school when I was 20 because I didn't finish college. I went to, like, a JC for, like, a year. And then I started law school, I was 20, I graduated, I was 23, and I passed the bar the first time I took it, so I've been practicing for 25 years. That's crazy. Because I got out so young, because I skipped all the college part. Like, I worked by myself for many years, I was a sole practitioner for a long time, and then I had like one or two employees, and...
1: What about and now, where are you at now?
0: now I have, I don't even like to think about it anymore, but I think I have five or six, I think I have six lawyers work for me, mm-hmm. and 30 staff or so, and big office. I have an office in Seattle. I have three in California. You know, it's a different animal now. But for a long time, I was solo or I had a very small office, one or two people. And the way I got business was to hit up other lawyers uh, that did PI. I ended up in PI because the only job I could find you know, it's not easy to get a job going to an unaccredited law school, as you can imagine. I wasn't going to get hired at, you know, Quinn Emanuel or anything. <laughs> right. So I couldn't find a job. The only job I could find was working for this PI workers comp firm. Uh, and so I worked at this PI work comp firm. And it was funny. It's, it's almost like, um, it's almost exactly like the movie The Rainmaker. Did you ever see The Rainmaker? Matt Damon and Danny DeVito play like ambulance chasers. It's a great movie, actually. But it was almost movie. like that. Like, there was like this old PI lawyer that ran the firm, and he was a real cuckoo, crazy guy. And the young associates were like, man, we better get the fuck out of here before we get disbarred along with this guy. It was kind of one of those deals. So I left with this other attorney that was there, and we kind of like took off. before. And this guy ended up getting disbarred. And he ended up, they ended up finding him dead on the beach in Mazatlan of like, a drug overdose. I mean, he was a disaster. Me and this other attorney were there kind of got out of there before we went down with him because he was stealing everybody's money. It was a mess. So we took off and we started our own office. So that's how I started in the PI business because I worked for that guy for a year and a half. And then when he went down in flames, me and this other lawyer took off and we took like 10 cases that were still hanging around the firm and we took off and started our own office. Ironically, that guy that I left with and um, ended up having a heart attack and died in the office one day when I was taking a deposition. Oh, my God. Like, five years later, he just, like, slumped over and died. Like, the police, the fire department came.
1: Who found him?
0: uh, Our receptionist. Oh, my God. And I was taking a deposition. The receptionist said, Bernard is sick. I was like, I'm in the middle of a depot. She goes, no, I think he's real sick. So I ran over there (laughs) and I looked at him. This is not funny, funny. And he was just, like, slumped over his desk. I was like, oh, shit, did you call 911? And the fire department came. Oh, my God. they couldn't do anything. Like, he was, like... Like one of this those heart attacks, like so traumatizing. Instant, yeah, it was just crazy, like instant death. You know, one of those heart attacks. Because the fire I, they they wouldn't even take him. I said, you can't leave him here. They're like, no, we don't transport dead people. I was like, you guys didn't even try to revive him. They're like, the guy's dead.
1: So who took him?
0: So they said, we'll send the coroner over here. So then we just closed this door to his office. The coroner came like nine hours later, you know? It was, it's still the, one of the weirdest shit ever that happened to me, but I've had a lot of weird shit happening, but that's one of the weirdest. Like, they wouldn't take him, you know? it's <laughs> like, how could you just leave him here?
1: We have people here live, and they're trying so hard not yeah. to laugh loudly.
0: But so me and, he, it's not funny, I it's love no, Bernard. No, it's like, it's funny, Bernard not funny, like, like nervous funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the guy, you know, he was great, he was a... No, it must have been a super yeah, traumatizing he was a Vietnam, experience. He was a Vietnam veteran, he was an older guy. Like, I was a young kid, and he was an older guy, and we both took off together.
1: What other weird shit has happened to you?
0: You know, you can ask me, like, two truths and a lie, but some of the strangest shit I've done in my life, I can't even believe some of the weird things I've got myself into. Okay,
1: let's play that, go.
0: Okay, I... Have you ever heard of Mount Whitney? No, It's the highest mountain in the United States, Okay, and it happens to be in California. Um, it's 15,000 feet or something. So I climbed Mount Whitney one time and almost died, or um, I ran with the bulls in Spain, or I used to drive a limo for O.J. Simpson.
1: Okay, so you said your dad was in the limo business, so I'm going to have to assume that's
0: Truth. What? Well, that one's true. Actually, all three of them are true. I screwed what? up. You're I screwed, to give me screwed a up. I didn't <laughs> give you the lie. OJ Simpson was one of my dad's clients, and I used to drive him around. Mm-hmm. And he was the nicest guy ever. I can tell you that. OJ was like, he was like the first celebrity I ever dealt with. I was a young kid. I used to drive a limo for him. And he loved his fans. I, I, right now, I, I feel for OJ because everybody hates him now. Because when I used to drive for him, he was like at the height of his fame, and he loved people. Like, we would go someplace, and he would sign autographs for, he would take pictures with people for like two hours. Oh, when when he, had, when he had like an appointment to get to, I'd be like, OJ, we got to go. And he would take a picture with anybody. Signed, I mean, he loved people, OJ. So the fact now that everybody hates him, he must be just devastated because how much he enjoyed people. Because I used to drive for him, and we could never do anything because he would always get caught up with people. He's not like the celebrities that say, fuck off, you know, and get away. There's a know. lot of those. Yes. He was the total opposite. He was a complete uh, love, lover of people, or he liked the attention, I guess. I don't know.
1: So since you grew up in L.A., when you see a celebrity, does it face you?
0: No, unless it's like somebody that I really like or something. But <laughs> most of the time not, because, you know, you just have to realize most, of, you know, they're regular people. They're people, yeah. They so, don't like people to, you know. They don't like people to fuck with them.
1: Right, but I think people that don't, that have never lived here, there's such a sexiness to L.A., right? To Hollywood. But if you've grown, I mean, I've only, I have only lived here for maybe like six years total, but if you grew up here and you were driving out to some, like it must be like whatever, right? Plus, you're part of this super yes, exclusive cigar club. Tell me well, about that.
0: I'm a member of a cigar club in Beverly Hills called the Grand Havana Lounge, which is hard to be a member.
1: And who do you see there?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of celebrities that are members there. Like Jay-Z's a member there. I've seen him a bunch of times. The guys from the Jonas Brothers are members there. Andy Garcia, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Like real A-list celebrities are members there. As a matter of fact, when the city of Beverly Hills outlawed Tobacco, totally. You can't buy cigarettes in the city of Beverly Hills. You can't smoke anywhere in the city of Beverly Hills. You can't go to Seven Eleven and buy cigarettes or any tobacco products in in, in Beverly Hills. They outlawed tobacco completely, Hmm. except for the Grand Havana Lounge.
1: Interesting. How did they pull that off?
0: I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger is a member there too, right? And apparently he and him and a few other celebrities like lobbied to the mayor, and they're like, "Come on, this is the." our cigar lounge yeah so they grandfathered in or they cut the grand havana lounge out of the that's tobacco law which is weird because it because of celebrity bullshit
1: that's crazy
0: so yeah so i became a member in true and true you know my style just like back door my way into being a member like um so i won't bore you with the details but it was a uh, I pulled a scam and I became a member there. Wait, so You did what? I kind of pulled like a semi scam to be a member. So what I'm did a you member. do? Well, I mean, just like you know, you realize that there's different types of memberships, and people can add you to their memberships if you become friends with them. And I became very friendly with a guy and there, and he kind of like made me like his co-member. Whereas I didn't have to wait on the waiting. The waiting. And then was-
1: did he also die randomly with you? Um,
0: no, but. He happens to be in federal prison right now. But that's oh my god! It's another hey, story. Hey, Bob's time. He needs to
1: rethink your friendship. So does Gary Dordick. I mean, you guys, yeah. come on. Like. This
0: guy's in. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's.
1: Uh, we need to end the interview.
0: Yes, he's he's in federal prison, and um, <laughs> but I'm keeping. Uh, we have a humidor there with our cigars in it, and I'm keeping the cigars uh, stocked in the humidor for when he comes back.
1: When is he coming
0: back? Uh, well, he's on a five-year vacation. <laughs> what did he do? Uh, well, what, what was he accused of?
1: Uh, so an- another scam. Yes. Right?
0: What was he accused of? He was accused of. And then again, I don't do business. He's not. He wasn't a lawyer. I didn't know any business. Do you, with you want guy. to talk
1: about this or no? Yeah.
0: I mean, he wasn't a lawyer. Nothing to do with anything I do. Just a friend of mine that I knew for a long time. And I don't really get into people's business. You know, people make a living how they make a living. You know, like right. in if you ever seen The Godfather. You know, like yeah. Don Corleone said, how people make a living. Is none of my business as long as it doesn't affect me or my family. What do I give a shit how I you make it? I agree with away. you. So that's what Don Corleone used to say. That's what I say. I really don't care. So I never really got into what he did. I just know he was in finance and shit like that. And yeah. And did you I, help
1: him find a lawyer?
0: Uh, no, he got his own. But anyways, so just one day he got arrested, and the charges that were published on the internet from like the Department of Justice said that he was accused of $250 million of fraud.
1: Did you give him any money?
0: He, w- he stole $250 bucks. you should give me money.
1: <laughs> no, I want to know if it was like, you know, people run scams and a bunch of people give them no, money. No,
0: and- no, I think he was stealing like from uh, banks and shit like that.
1: Wow, or that's serious But anyways,
0: shit. yeah, so he fought it tooth and nail because he said he didn't do anything wrong and... He ended up going to trial and went to jail, but it's another story. But, you know, so that's how I became a member because he, I was a member with him. So I'm still a member even though he's on vacation.
1: (laughs) Okay, back to the law. So I asked you, what are you really good at the other day? And what did you tell me?
0: I told you that um, ever since I started, I would get cases from other lawyers that they didn't want. So the cases they didn't want is because they didn't think they could make any money on them. Or they were too complicated, or you, had to, or you had to do a lot of work in exchange for what maybe they thought you could make on the case. there's one thing I can tell you about ninety-five percent of lawyers, most of them don't want to do any work. You know, most lawyers are very lazy, especially the younger ones. You know, these this, these millennials are mind—they're mind-blowing.
1: Hey, I'm know. a millennial.
0: Yeah, these millennials are mind-blowing. They're so lazy. I'm not lazy. They want I'm everything millennial. tomorrow. Okay, well, you're I'm an, an exception. Though.
1: I'm an immigrant. That's yeah. probably why.
0: The younger crowd, they want everything tomorrow. They want to graduate from law school and be rich tomorrow. They want to be... They want everything now. It's like TikTok or Instagram generation. They don't... You know, I came from like, from nothing, from, you know, working hard as you know, scraping by on shit cases that I had to work on and spend time on. And so, I've always been good at taking cases that other people didn't want or didn't think were any good and able to make a fine living on that stuff.
1: What's the biggest settlement or verdict that you've gotten from a case that someone else rejected?
0: I remember a case where this girl was injured in a bicycle accident and her lawyer that she had was trying to get her to settle her case for $20,000. She even had the release for the twenty grand. And she came to see me, and I was like, this guy wants you to take 20000 bucks on this case. She's like, yeah, he told me that's all he'll ever get. It's all it's worth. I was, like, I was like, I said, man, where did you find this lawyer? You know, I mean, this guy's crazy. She wouldn't take the twenty grand, so he dropped her case. But she told me, he told me if I don't sign this, he's going to drop my case. And he did. I said, if he drops your case, come back and see me. So she came back to see me, and I ended up settling her case for $5 million. No. Yeah, and it was probably worth more than that.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, but this guy wanted her to take 20 grand.
1: But see, I think this is really motivating for some, especially some of the younger lawyers that are like, you know, starting out.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, especially now. I mean, I don't think it's just unique to L.A. or California. I think it's everywhere. There's so many people that have a case or think they have a case that want to hire a lawyer. There's so much business out there that if you... Um, align yourself with other lawyers that have lots of business. There's tons of cases that they would give you if you went out and beat the street and did some marketing and did some networking. Any young lawyer just out of school could probably get a bunch of cases. I would give a bunch of cases. I don't want to, a lawyer, if they ever called me. But no one's ever hit me up for them. So if anyone's listening, hit me up for a bunch of shitty cases I don't want. I'm happy to give them away. There you you go. And maybe you make some money on them.
1: You heard it here.
0: Yeah, but um, there's so much business out there that there's plenty of business that's not perfect. You know, I wish I had all perfect cases. You know,
1: I'm sure everybody wishes yeah. they had perfect. There's only
0: a few select few know. people out there that have the or always have the goods. You know, the perfect. Yeah. Like, and uh, those guys, I take my hat off to those guys. They've they've paid their dues. They've gotten the results and. They get the good stuff, the perfect stuff, you know. I get my occasional perfect case, but most of my stuff has tons, tons of warts that we have to get around.
1: So I'm curious, how did you become such good friends with Gary Dordick and Bob Simon?
0: Oh, how did I become friends with them?
1: Like, Well, how did you guys all become friends? Well,
0: I've known Gary for more than 20 years. Really? Yeah. Um, because, again, remember, I've been practicing for 25 years. So I've been, I've been around the PI business in L.A. for a long time. Um even though people think, oh man, you look so young, even though I don't get that as much anymore. But people a lot of people you didn't believe I was a lawyer for so long. Right. Um
1: Well you started so young.
0: Started very young. So I've been around the PI business a long time. Became friends with Gary like twenty years ago and I pretty much talked to him more than anyone I talked to besides my like wife, you know. I talked to Gary a lot. Um so we just very close that way. I used to spend a lot of time with him before I had kids. We don't spend as much time anymore together, but I still see him a lot. We talk a lot. We go on vacation. You know, Gary has a house in Cabo. We go down to his house in Cabo sometimes. And I've been to Europe with him, um, I think, a couple times. We ran the Bulls in, in Spain. That was true? Yeah, you that was true. You both
1: did that? How did you become friends with Bob? You haven't told me.
0: Um, how did I become friends with Bob? Um, I met Bob uh, through Gary. Oh, really? Yeah. Bob, was, Bob and his brother... Brad, we're like young guys coming up, starting their own firm, and uh, Gary was very much a mentor to them. You know, Um, Gary's mentored lots of uh, lawyers. You know. Well, let's
1: talk about that for a second. Do you think that that's important to like associate yourself with other people in the space that maybe are direct competitors? Like, do you think there's a benefit to that? Have you derived a benefit from it? Do you think? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what? Are we all uh, competitors? yeah you know but like I said there's tons of business out there tons tons of business um, and uh, you know the cases that people want Gary for it they're going to go to Gary oh absolutely the people that cases that are people want me on are going to come to me you know and Bob the same way so we're not really like you know at each other's throats over business or anything
1: I feel like there's especially in, in California particularly in LA there's a lot of in my opinion
0: And you guys are not friends. You guys are legit friends. There's a lot of people that are jealous types, you know, lots of jealous types. And I've never been, I mean, I don't have a jealous bone in my body. I don't give a shit, you know, but yeah, I mean, I'm not jealous at type at all. And neither is Most of my friends aren't. We're so happy for each other. I have a very big friend group, you know, they're all very successful PI lawyers. There's like maybe six or seven of us. Uh, that we all hang out, you know. Besides Gary and Bob, you know, there's Min Win if you know him, and Gene Sullivan. Uh, I've heard of Gene. Dan Kramer. I've heard of Dan um, Kramer too. Mark Bloom. Uh, I don't know any of them. No. Uh, Spencer Lucas, who's a partner at Brian Panish's office.
1: You can intro meet everybody.
0: These are all. You know, Spencer's one of the few partners at Brian's office. There's only like five, and he's mm-hmm. one of the five. And um, Tom Fair, if you know Tom.
1: Yes. Out and, of Orange County.
0: Uh, He's in Torrance. These guys, Uh, so those are like younger guy, right? Yeah, they're most those guys are younger. Except Gene's a little older than me, Um, but so these are like my group of guys, and they're all very successful personal injury trial attorneys. That's the one thing about my group: we're all trial lawyers.
1: And is it is there synergy? Like, actually,
0: try cases, right?
1: And is there synergy? Like, if you say, "Hey, I have this case going on," do you run it by them? Do is there?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I just got a text message on a group text. From Gary, who's in trial, asking the guys that I just mentioned to a- help him with some metaphors for a cross-examination he's doing today that he says he couldn't really come up with anything great and he wanted to hear what we thought. You know, So Gary's asking us, right. and he's in the middle for a cross-examination. So the benefit I derive from being friends with people like that, that... I'm on this text chain with Gary and all these great lawyers talking about trying cases, but you know it's nice to be friends with these with people that are very successful in your same business who are all helping trying to help each other. you know
1: I think the takeaway from this is don't be jealous and like make friends with people in your space because no one 's going to understand what you 're going through better than. Other people doing the same exact thing you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm friends with our competitors. And people tell me all the time, like, why are you friends with your competitors, Maria? That's so weird.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, no,
1: it's not. There's enough for everyone.
0: There's tons of business. There's tons of money to be made. And people have crazy egos. I don't have a big ego when it comes to to that. I mean, of course, I'm confident or whatnot in my skills and and, uh, things like that. But, yeah, you just got to let... All those things go and just try to be friends with people that one that you get along with and if they happen to be able to help you along the way great you know like back to bob yeah. i met bob through gary because gary was mentoring bob and brad a lot they were and i used to tell gary i used to say man who's this bob simon guy man he seems to just come out of nowhere you know and Gary was like, yeah, him and his brother from Pittsburgh or something. I was like, yeah, crazy. This was like 15 years ago. I was like, crazy, man. This guy just suddenly just dropped out of the sky. And Gary said, yeah, you know, and then he said, hey, you know what? Uh, the first time I met Bob, he said, you know, Bob's speaking on a panel with his brother at the Santa Monica Bar Association or something. But Gary said, hey, let's go down and." see Bob and his brother speak on this panel with these judges, and then maybe we'll go have dinner with him after. I was like, yeah, man, I'd like to meet this guy, you know? So me, and Gary went down there and had dinner with Bob and Brad after they spoke on this thing in Santa Monica, and that's when I first met him, and then we've been friends ever since, but I met him through Gary. If not, I probably would never would have met him.
1: That's so That's so funny because the first time I met Bob, and it was a few years ago, actually at Dordix conference, I had no idea he was a big deal. Like, zero. And he was like, hey, let's schedule a call. Like, I, do you want to speak at Lottie Do you want to, like, Justice HQ stuff, whatever. So, like, we jump on a call, all this. This whole time, I have no idea he's, like, a big deal. And then I don't know how I figured it out, and I literally texted him or called him. I was like, you're a big deal. Like, I didn't know that. Very like, Bob's very
0: unassuming, you, you know. And same thing with Dordick's the same way, too. You just, Gary's the most unassuming known. guy. Gary likes to wear, like, 501 jeans and, like, a white T-shirt and... Like he's very unassuming um but you know, but he'll roll up in a five hundred thousand dollar car and get out wearing a Haynes t shirt
1: now, okay, so last question. What advice would you give lawyers that are starting out their firm right now?
0: Belief in yourself, you know you have to believe that you will get where you're going, you know if you want to be successful, you want to have. Uh, you want to be a trial lawyer or if you want to be one of these lawyers that signs up lots of cases and refers them out or whatever your goal is you have to believe that you can do it believe in yourself you can do it and uh, you have to trust the process you know I mean it took me many many years to make any money and be successful you know took me a lot of years a lot of failures a lot of cases that didn't go my way a lot of years where I didn't make any money a lot of years where I was barely surviving, you know what I mean? So it was nothing overnight, you know. I still think even now with everything that has changed about not just being a lawyer, but all businesses are different now, right? Absolutely. There's AI, there's the internet, there's social media, there's this, that. There's so much craziness. I mean, I started practicing law in the 90s with no internet access and like you'd write a fucking letter and fax it to people, you right. know. So that's back in the 90s. And if he wanted to look some shit up, he had to go to the law library and look in the books. So I'm from a different era, you know. So a lot of this shit's still foreign to me to this day. But, you know, you just have to do the work, put in the time. You know, it's still the same. I don't think that has changed. If you put in the time, um, I I don't think just working hard guarantees that you'll be successful. But working hard will at least put you in a position to be successful or you'll be... Like they say, the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? I think you just have to put yourself in the position, but if you don't put the time in and you know that you haven't put in the time, then how you, you can just blame yourself That's what I see. So the lawyers that come to me and say, well, uh, they want everything and why didn't they, why don't they get these good cases or why don't they get good verdicts or, and then they just haven't put in the time. They haven't put in the sacrifice. I don't feel sorry for those people at all.
1: Well, and it also sounds like there, there's a lack of being grateful for where they are. And I, I truly believe that if you want to get to the next level, you have to be grateful for where you are in that moment. And if you're more just so. complaining, what the universe is just going to give you more of that because that's where your energy is going instead of having grit and like kind of just you keep pushing, right? And then you get there
0: yeah, like my mom, she always used to say, You know, don't complain uh, because there's so many people that have so much less than what you have that they would die to be in your in your spot, you know, they would die to have your level of success or your level of respect or whatever it is so people that complain about where they are have to realize you're lucky to be where you are and other people would love to trade places with you so like me personally I've always been extremely grateful for any I mean you know I sometimes I I uh, wake up in the morning or whatever and I'll be you know I have two small kids they're 4 and 3 my son Max and my daughter Samantha um like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll just be, if I have nothing on my calendar and, you know, and I've run my own office for 20 some years, right? So no one tells me shit what to do, right. you know, which is nice.
1: That is nice. I can
0: sit there on the couch and watch Paw Patrol with my kids for hours if I want, right? you know, and they love to watch cartoons with their dad and,
1: of course. and, I,
0: and I feel I'm so lucky that I've put myself in that position that I can do that and um, not have to worry about anyone telling me what to do or going telling me where to go or anything of that nature um and I sometimes i think to myself wow i don't know how i have pulled it off actually i'm actually surprised
1: imposter syndrome
0: yeah i'm actually we, surprised. we all live that yeah i'm surprised but it's like i haven't had a paycheck a guaranteed paycheck in 20 some years right but yet i've paid all my bills for a long time and no and you're doing and, well and, and and you know yeah, doing great. You know, mm-hmm. I have six lawyers work for me, a bunch of staff. We own our building, and sometimes I can't believe I pulled it off. Well, congrats. So I'm happy, very happy. Mm-hmm. And so going back to what you're saying, I'm super grateful for where I'm at. Would I like to be ten times more successful? Sure. I mean, I'm ne- I, that's one thing. You're, if you're ambitious and you're, um, you, you're never happy, right? I'm never happy.
1: I think that's just like the human condition, though. Yeah. So I, I truly think that we adapt so quickly to wherever we are that you're always kind of looking for the um, next best thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that it's a good part of the human condition. Yeah. But,
0: but I think if you get complacent, then you get, that's, yeah. get lazy. That's the But thing.
1: there is like, I don't know, a delicate balance there, I would argue. Or mm-hmm. there's like a thin line where mm-hmm. I don't think it's good.
0: I know lots of trial lawyers, and I know lots of lawyers that work in the PI business who don't try cases, and there's a difference between them. You know, there's a difference in the way they are, the way they look at things. Trial lawyers are a different breed.
1: You know what's really weird? Most of our clients, the PI clients, which most of our clients are PI clients, are trial lawyers, and we can't figure out why that is. But now even when we do intro calls, it's like one of the things we try to like politely ask, you know like we need to understand, and trial lawyers are very proud that they are trial lawyers, yeah. so it comes out very quickly, right, yeah. but that's one of the things we want to understand because we know that they're like that's our ideal client, like now we have realized trial lawyers are our ideal client, um, and one of our clients once said, it's because we're the ones that can afford you, which I don't necessarily agree with that because you have firms that are very successful that don't, they're not really trial firms, but I don't know what that is, why, why that's,
0: it's just, you know, you, you, if you hang around enough PI attorneys and you hang around enough guys that are trial lawyers, you'll see that they have a something thing, there's something about them or them, you know, women, there's lots of great female trial lawyers that I know personally, great ones. Yeah. In in LA specifically, we have lots of really good female trial lawyers. You do. And I think that Actually, to some extent, I think the female trialers have an advantage. They do. You know? They have empathy. Lots of yeah, empathy. Yeah, so. B.B.
1: Fell's my favorite.
0: Yeah, I like B.B. a lot. She's great. So. I remember the first time I met her was at a party, and I didn't know she was and I thought she was so sweet. And then I, somebody said, oh, that's B.B. I said, wow, that's B.B. Fell, the famous B.B. Fell. Oh, from San- I totally like fangirl famous, her. Yeah, the famous B.B. Fell from San Diego. Because I would always heard about her, yeah. but I'd never met her. You know, and she's She's great. She's a uh,
1: wonderful human.
0: I've actually gotten a chance to work on some cases with her. And, oh, that must have been amazing. So, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, there's great female trial lawyers in California, and, uh, and I'm, I hope that that's, you know, they say that um, more than 50% of the people in law school currently are female. Yes. It's like 60%. Mm-hmm. So it seems like females are gravitating to the law more and more. I know that I deal with tons of events attorneys that are female. It's probably almost like 50-50 now.
1: They don't start their own businesses. So that's the thing. It's rare for us to see women-led, especially in the PI world. In family law, we see it a lot more. And, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But I definitely think that there you don't see as many women-owned law firms. I don't know why. I don't know if it has to do with having children. I can
0: think of one or two, but yeah. It seems like lots of female attorneys that I know are either work at a firm where they're mm-hmm. partners, but there's a bunch of partners and there's a lot of male and female partners that might run the firm or who knows what, or a lot of them are associate lawyers or they work in family law. It seems family law's got a lot of female attorneys they do
1: they they do, and they are. I love our female family law clients. They're like, they're amazing. Yeah. Like really amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I know that uh, the defense lawyers I deal with, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. They're really good lawyers. So.
1: I hope they start to like start their own PI yeah, firms I mean, more. I think we have some. one. There's some. One PI firm that, one that I can think of right now, but her partner is her husband.
0: But I would like to just
1: see, like, a female-owned...
0: Your business is, like, you're nationwide, right? We're
1: nationwide. Yeah.
0: And you deal with only with attorneys?
1: Primarily PI. Like, 90% PI. Yeah. Nothing else. We've never worked with anything other than lawyers. B2C lawyers. Hmm. Like, we won't work with a business law firm, for example. No? We can't help them. There's, it w- we would just be taking their money. Interesting. Because think about it. If you're a business owner, you are a business owner. Yeah and I guess this is like, you're a lawyer, so it's kind of a dumb question to ask you, but you wouldn't go to the internet to find a business lawyer. Most business owners, even if they're not a lawyer, aren't going to the internet to find a lawyer. They're going through their own network. Hey, who
0: do you use? Yeah, I'm always shocked myself in the PI world. It's like, I'll go out to dinner with Gary or whoever or Bob or you name it. I'll, go, and they'll tell me, oh, I've got some crazy case or I they I settled some case for millions of dollars. Where I was like, so why always my question was, hey, where'd you get the case from? You right. And then when they tell me, oh, like off the internet, I'm just like, what the fuck? Who is? Like, Googling for a lawyer when they, like, yeah, I just lost a fucking arm, you know? and there's so, It's like, it's crazy. In the PI business, people will
1: because people hire
0: a lawyer off the internet. Because
1: people want, like, the answer fast. We talked about this, right? Like, you said how people yeah. have, like, everybody wants everything now. So are you going to wait for your buddy to give you a call back? Or are you going to just Google? We have a client that texted me the other day. Within the last 24 hours, we got two cases over $1 million, 100% attributable to you. One of the ways that people find, like the more serious cases, they're not searching car accident lawyer. They're searching for, they're trying to understand what happened. So they're researching the injury. So this particular injury from this particular type of car accident case. Mm-hmm. So if you have content like that on your website, these mm-hmm. informational searches can mm-hmm. turn commercial, meaning then they call you.
0: Interesting.
1: So like we do this on the trucking side, right? Like in Texas, trucking is huge. I mean, I guess you could argue everywhere, but we have these, like we create these websites within a website on just questions related, answering questions related to trucking accidents. Interesting. And it's like, it absolutely works. Especially. I think the younger generation, they just go to Google.
0: Yeah. Like, you you know, I got a case, I got a case recently and, uh, this lady calls me. She wanted to talk to me only, you know, which they didn't want to talk to my intake department or any other lawyer in my office. She calls us. she wanted to talk to me only on a new case. I was like, okay, I'll call her back. And it, You're so nice. And it's this lady, and she's, I'm talking to her, and she sounds pretty sophisticated. So I'm thinking, okay. So she says, you know, I'm a, um assistant United States attorney general or something, you know? And I was like, I said, well, how did you get my number for this case, you know, because I don't certainly know anybody who's an attorney general of the United States or something, and she's based here in LA, and she's like, you know, I know most of these PI lawyer advertising is bullshit, and these guys are all full of shit, so I did my research, and I found that you're the only lawyer I could find that actually tried a case, um, that's very similar to mine. And I read the verdict, and you got a good verdict. But yeah, this, that's a so, so yeah,
1: but seen as a highly sophisticated. So that's search. like the
0: only time. Like I'm telling you, this is so such an outlier.
1: No, that's atypical. You
0: know, that's but most of the time, it's people just putting it in. Okay, car accident in West Covina, and then whoever pops up. No, we
1: have a know? we have a client in Texas that before he ever showed up on the first page for truck accident lawyer, got a huge trucking case from informational intent searches from the website. So from SEO, but. Bef- informational side which isn't talked about enough because it's a most agencies don't do that but b it's a little bit more complex to understand right so and it's not sexy it's very sexy to rank number one for a car accident lawyer in los angeles right like you've got all of la competing for that right now don't misunderstand me we also rank for that that's like the goal right but you can supplement that from the informational searches and it's interesting because sometimes the bigger cases come again from the more like the weirder searches right yeah. not straightforward thank you so much Tomaro fiore for everything he shared today you guys know the drill if you found the story valuable please share it with someone you want to see succeed subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review i really do appreciate it when you guys leave a review